Let's go. We see the hype outside. Right from the house. Uh. Took it straight from outside. Straight to the couch. We put the mic outside. Edit shit out. You uh. letting the scouts outside. We running this couch. Ain't no control in the game. They never leave. I got tests over my veins. Cause that what I bleed. She drink a lot of the bourbon. Like she from the street. We got control of the flows in her. We heard it your way went dry. We flood in the drought. Heard it your hood outside. We added some routes. We having the goods outside. Move it in and out. We letting the scouts outside. We running the scouts. Welcome, 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 welcome to Marketing Misfits episode 28. Um, I am Mike Summers. Dave Brian Chappelle. <laughs> oh, we can't get this right. We're going to do it, though. <laughs> Alphabetical order. I am Mike Summers. Dave Smith. Jeff McKittery. <laughs> Ryan Chappelle. Dewey Cornelius. It's one person left. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Maybe five yes. Off. Oh, yes. the new norm. Uh, welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome again to the Marketing Misfit. Um, if this is your first time tuning in, um, it is a, a whole bunch of um, really, really, really dope, um, diverse homies um, who are at different marketing agencies or brands um, across the industry and kind of providing our perspective on what is going on. Uh, we have Jeff McKinney, who's who is from Rodney, it works at Rodney Kennedy. Um, Ryan, who is over at, at Spotify. Stu, who is over at Twitter. Yes, who is over at iHeartRadio. Myself at J and J. And Dave, who is a COVID-free agent. Um, if any of you guys, need <laughs> COVID. he's COVID-free and he's a free agent. Thank you. Thank you. Get it right. Clarify. <laughs> <laughs> he's both of them. Um, all right, so today we want to get into um, kind of how marketing has evolved in this day of COVID. Um, I, I know even personally um, within my experiences uh, and, and all of us have had, for instance, a lot of experiential um, plans this year um, that have had to kind of alter and, and figure out different ways we're connecting with our consumers from both a communications perspective, but also um, getting those products or product benefits um, to our consumers. Um, so with that, Ryan. I'll pass it over to you. Yeah, no, cool. I mean, like, I won't repeat what you kind of said, you know, knowing that COVID has definitely rocked everyone's ways of working and what they're working on at work. Um, just want to just go over a lot of the different changes and challenges that we're going to be facing as marketers and um, advertisers and um, tech folks going into the rest of the year as well as into 2021. So, like, just generally speaking, like, what do you guys, what have you guys noticed in terms of, um, industries or products that are able to survive or die during COVID. Like for me, I know like flower is definitely having like the best three months ever, like in terms of like just selling out. Like I heard like no, some stores don't even have no flower. Like, I don't know if y'all are frying a lot of chicken or making a lot of biscuits, but um, <laughs> well, I got, why well, I gotta be frying chicken. <laughs> you know, we like chicken, right? I'm also uh, glad you verified what you meant by flower. <laughs> Yo, so I immediately thought, like, Ryan, you should introduce them to the cannabis industry before you talk about <laughs> right, flowers. Right. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm back. Hey. Welcome Sorry. back, yes. It's about we to happen. We introduced for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but, but, but flower with a U. 
with a U. <laughs> I mean, when you guys go to California, you know, y'all can do whatever you want, but right. I I, I did invest in um uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw uh ACB um stock uh has skyrocketed over the past two days. Um, oh really? So, ACB? Yeah, ACB. Um, was For those that don't know what's ACB? Yeah, it's a good question. I was hoping nobody asked me. Um, <laughs> look it up. <laughs> it is a cannabis company, though. That's that's fine. Uh, is, that, is that Aurora? I think. Yeah, Aurora. That, you're right. Aurora. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So there's like there's there's three really big ones. It's Aurora. Um, there is uh, Canopy Growth Company. Um, yep. And, yeah, those Out are those are usually the two big ones. Um, so in case you're you're wondering about those stuff. The CEO always count on Stu for the for the facts. <laughs> But the CEO of Aurora was actually on CNBC. They had a uh, CNBC uh, last Friday, I believe. Had an amazing um, kind of Q1 results share out. Um, they've declined uh, roughly 95% over the past year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so the stock price oh, is very, very low. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> the stock price is very, very low, and it's, but the ceiling is very, very high. And new CEO, uh, a shift of focusing on profitability. Um and very very strong Q1 results with everyone kind of in the hot house getting high. Um, okay. So, yeah, people are getting yeah people are in the house <laughs> high, drinking a lot. Even Man. though like, you know, I mean, Dave definitely knows this. Like, definitely like 20% of the business for all alcohol industry is like virtually gone by not having a restaurant. Ten. Yeah. ten oh like, yeah. Um, which is like crazy. They're not gonna. Damn, make, I didn't even think gonna, about that. They're not gonna make that shit up by like at home consumption, but people are definitely drinking more bottles for sure at the house. I I, I disagree. I'm, I've been drinking way more than I would when I go out. So I mean, people are just buying bulks, right? So I I mean I don't know, but the, the wholesale though, the wholesale. Oh thing. right. Yeah, like right. the cases of wine that you know all of that That's stuff fair. is. I think people. I mean, not. I would say that it's really interesting because restaurant industries. And even, you know, liquor stores and all of that, the world would be so different if COVID happened 10 years earlier than it did. Because uh, mm-hmm. Seamless and all this other stuff that's mm-hmm. helping restaurants stay alive, Drizzly and Minibar that's helping liquor stores. And, and, you know, and restaurants, for what it's worth, have been trying to sell liquor mm-hmm. through Seamless now, uh, provided that you show your ID that you're 21 once. It, it, they don't really ever check, but yeah. Um, so it's interesting mm-hmm. to, to see people talk about how bad this is now. If this was 10 years oh, ago, yeah. without broadband, internet, and, and all this other stuff, we would be singing a very good <laughs> Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Okay, what I, oh, go ahead, Mike. No, no, you're talking about kind of the restaurant industry. Um, and I mentioned I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Georgia. So I'm, I'm kind of in a rural area. So opening back up hasn't been... For, I don't know when you guys Y'all ain't never closed, man. I know, right? <laughs> ain't never closed. I don't know when you guys listen to this podcast, but as you know, Georgia's one of the first states to kind of open up. Um, and where I am, I mean, it's rural, so it just kind of feels the same. But in Atlanta, Atlanta is wide open right now. Club. Not, not for the right reasons, let me tell you. Wow. But Atlanta is a very industry city. So I can see something like stopping social activity affecting a disproportionate number of people's income from, from, other places and and you know they're probably itching for more than more than your average city. Atlanta most definitely is a in person city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For Are sure. For, yes. For oh, so I went to a um yes. <laughs> I I went to a 
and I've heard everybody kind of, I think everybody has like this secret story of like this house gathering that they've gone to at this point <laughs> that they don't want to tell people. So I went to like a little uh, gathering this past week that um, it's my backyard and it being a proposal. What I noticed was every dude there had a fresh haircut except me. So upset. <laughs> I was so upset. Everybody was fading lined up. I was mad. I'm cursing everybody out. I'm really gonna risk it all for a cut. I'm about to fly that. <laughs> exactly. Yo, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I actually thought about doing that. I was like, I wish. I wish Atlanta was driving distance because I definitely would have pulled up. Yeah. It was that random party that was like real live on the gram, right? There was a couple of them, bro. <laughs> the yeah. High parties in Atlanta that was live. Y'all say y'all just gonna do it, fuck it, huh? Oh, they are. It's crazy. We got a homeboy that's down there that like we get we get a picture every <laughs> every other night where people yeah. just out at the hookah spot just kicking it, kicking it. <laughs> we get all our updates for Luca, your lungs, man, they don't care about their life, bro. They, <laughs> you old, you old man, you. Yeah, so they don't care about that. <laughs> no, no. Risk it all. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. Risk it all for turn up, Risk it man. all cut. So it's the name of my shop after we, after this all. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. What about, um, how, what have you guys seen, like, from companies in terms of, like, like, Mark Cuban was talking about, like, this will define brands for decades, how they choose to respond to COVID. Like, what have you guys noticed? Like, I personally don't care. Like, I don't know if you guys – have you guys seen the YouTube uh, with me, stay, stay home or whatever? Yeah. They're kind of like – Yeah. I don't particularly care for it, but I don't know if anybody else feels differently about it because, like, we can't be Tell with anybody else at home. So it was um, – I think they launched it around um, mid-March, I want to say. So YouTube put out a um, kind of like a what I would say a public service announcement announcement is which what a lot of these companies are doing either in email to say that your stuff is going to be delayed or um, in this case a video ad from sponsored by YouTube um, and I was just like the hashtag was uh, with me throughout the uh, yeah. ad saying like what you would do with someone so with YouTube for doing puzzles doing whatever and I was just like well I'm still at home alone so I don't think it really right. matters. Yeah, <laughs> To me, so like the people, like I think uh, I was I was watching church one time. And they would say, "Pray for your single friends because they don't have nobody to talk to." <laughs> but I was just like, I mean, it's kind of tone deaf, but I think like brands have to watch out, be, watch out for being, are doing public service announcements yeah. for the benefit of us yeah. just leveraging their platforms, right? Yeah. Yeah. Two things yeah. about that: the single friends are the one you gotta worry about because they be willing to risk it all for, right. for just some human contact. <laughs> Number one for, the, for these parties, right? For these parties. But the other aspect of it is how how the businesses have 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 looked at marketing because I would say a lot of companies have turned off their spend for from an from an advertising standpoint to try to regroup and figure out what's the best message. There's some companies that can do it and others that you're kind of like, mm, you know, like I expect something from Verizon because I'm sure that, that that people are using their internet at home more, right? You, you get eight more hours of people being at home because they're not at work. So right. I get my internet to work, you know, your cell phone mm -hmm. providers, you're on your phone more. Like I expect the people that that know that there's going to be an increase, knowing that they're going to benefit from this, um, I expect them to put a message out there. Like, if you're not, then I don't really see what the point is. You know, yeah, like I think, yeah, I think the most challenging part is trying to figure out as a brand, like, when can I 
essentially think about it literally like a conversation. When can I change the subject? Like, I feel like these brands really want to start getting back and talking about their ethos and what they stand for. And frankly, like at a certain point, when do you pivot from COVID to start talking about back to that again? Yeah. The the marketing playbook is just going to have to be rewritten after COVID because, you know, if, this were to happen again in the in the future, you know, obviously brands will know how how to tackle something like this. But, you know, what what's what's been working great for you is definitely not working right now. So how do you tackle that challenge? And so as a brand, I think just rewriting all the rules of engagement. And I think there's just so much clutter and a lot of brands doing the same messaging. Um, I think it's just really hard for a marketer right now to be innovative and to obviously show compassion, but at the same time, try to sell products and at the same time, stay relevant. It's just, there's just too much clutter. You know, what we're seeing in the radio space and just in audio in general on our side at iHeart is that, again, a lot of brands pulling back. So our business is definitely suffering. Not only the the radio business, but also the live events business, which iHeart has a lot of. So I think it's just, again, reinventing and just figuring out how do you sustain growth through, you know, these challenges that may rise up again, again, later this year, even in the future. Yeah. Yeah. One, one point I want to hit on that I think is really interesting related to some of the stuff you guys were saying is that like, we've seen the, the, the pendulum swing a bit. So like before brands were super eager to say stuff and not really do anything. And now we're actually seeing that flip in terms of brands being really eager to do brand actions and, and not actually want to say much. So some of the brands that I work on have actually been dark uh, during COVID and aren't saying anything, aren't doing any advertising, no communications. But what they are doing is finding ways to support the hospital workers or local businesses or things of that nature. So the fact that like brand actions are actually moving to the top of the marketing funnel, I think is really interesting, um, especially because now it's, it's much less about what you say, but it's much more about what you do. Uh, Jeff, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and there are a, a million. I mean, J and J. This is healthcare. Is J and J's thing, right? So there are examples of us taking uh, 95 milliliter uh, bottles of uh, Listerine and, and, and changing that um, that line to focus on hand sanitizer in those bottles and, and get those out to factories and things of that nature. Um, so I do think there's a huge thing from a do something perspective from the communications perspective. I agree with everyone else as well. I, I well, I'm not sure I agree with everyone else. I'm not sure if this is what you're saying or not. Um, but I do think we are getting to the tipping point. Um, and I don't want to be like the early adopter of being pessimistic, <laughs> but um, I, there's some pieces of the communication that I just don't care. Like I don't even, and <laughs> we, we nah, just came, yeah, we just came off a of graduation weekend and, and there's been a lot of communication about gradu- graduates and, you know, how different it is for them. And, and this is a, a great opportunity and, and they're going to be unique because they're going through this, this, this time. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, aren't we all going through it? Like, it, it, I think everybody's going through this time. Like, how important is it kind of walking across the stage? I, think I'm a, like, I, I, I gotta, I gotta stop you there, Mike. Because go for it, <laughs> I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I think that, this class the coming out of college is going to have it way worse than we did. And so I empathize yep. immensely. 
I don't. For the for the people that have lost their internships, for the people that have lost their job offers that have been rescinded. But I mean, I I, I feel it, it's a tough thing to go through because I remember what we went through, our class went through when we you know left during the middle of the financial crisis, and this is like ten times worse. Yeah, and Stuart, and I feel you on that. And, and, and mind you, I don't have an 18-year-old or 22-year-old who's graduating, and I would feel different for them with a personal relationship. But I also have friends who have lost their jobs. I also have people who um, don't know how they're going to provide for their children because they don't, they don't have the same income coming in. I also have, you know people who are, you know, their, their, their parents or their children have died of, of COVID. I just feel like there's an essence of everybody is going through something right now, and I'm not so sure that being able to walk across the stage is the most important thing of all the many assets of uh, perspectives of life that have been affected at this moment. It's just, it's the, it's the lighter part though. How deep can a company get when it comes to messaging for this kind of stuff? Like you can't get too, you can't get too, you know, pessimistic as you've already highlighted. Right. And so mm-hmm. that there, there's a way to, to be there to support that aspect of it. Um, and keep in mind that these aren't. I mean, it, it was the graduation portion of it, like the graduate together, for example, with with LeBron James and President Barack Obama. I mean, I think in this time, as much as people are going through a lot, people also need uplifting stories and things to look at. Look at how happy people are to hear from President Barack Obama. Like, there's aspects of that that, yes, while they're not the priority, they do kind of help us get through. You know. That's just that's just kind of the because I spoke about before in the previous episode the work life balance is kind of gone at this point and so if you can find different touch points as a brand to be able to you know strike a positive chord with people then you know brands are going to try to lean into that and I agree with that too I I think the the piece um, that I want to point on is I think we're going to quickly arise on a tipping point uh, people are. They, they we're in it together or this is a hard time and kind of addressing that piece and talking about that piece is going to fall on deaf ears. Um, because if this is the new norm, then it is normal at some point. It's normalized at some point by, by definition. Oh, yeah. I mean, black people are disproportionately affected by this, but ain't nobody talking about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> minority. Yeah, I completely agree with I, you, but I don't hate them for doing it is what I'm yeah, saying. I, no, I don't I hate think, them. I think what I think maybe, Mike, what you're getting at is the fact that there's just so many virtual experiences, and I think it is getting saturated, and maybe graduation is one of those virtual experiences that we don't necessarily care about. But to Stu's point, I think this graduating class, you know, when you're – I remember when I graduated college, I was filled with fear and, like, not knowing what was going to happen, and I had an internship. I had a job offer, but you're always just filled with so much fear. So for those students, particularly students of color who may not have secured an internship or may not have even had an offer rescinded, they just don't know what to do. And I think there a lot of students are getting lost in like the doubt and the fear and just like this is just going on for so long. So I think that's that's what I definitely um, I feel for this graduating class. But I don't care for the virtual experiences, although I, I felt the Barack the Barack. Obama's speech was very inspiring. Oh, inspirational, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. And, they, and they need that. Let me tell you, because yeah. yeah. that is out of all of this bullshit that's happened. Like that was probably the one shot the that they've had. Loki, Loki, I needed that speech as well. Yeah, everyone, I did too. We all did. everyone did. Everyone did. I just posted on my Instagram, so I, I loved it. Um, it was one. Of the, it was one of the more spicy times in Obama's 
Oh, you, he could be spicy now. Shit. He wants to smoke. <laughs> he wants to smoke. What's up? <laughs> How do you guys yeah. feel about the virtual experiences? Like the the concerts, the battles, the Instagram battles. Like, huh. I am so over it, but I wow. know people, some people love it. I don't care. I mean, I think it was dope to see, like, Joe Scott. Um, yeah, the nuance. Do, and then their, uh, their streaming sword, I believe it, like, tripled in streaming consumption mm-hmm. for both. Uh, both Ryan, of them. can you tell us a little bit more about the uh, Versus? Yeah, so, I mean, it, we kind of, like, the Versus kind of just started on its own, like, just, like, was just being innovative, people being innovative in the time that we're in right now. So, in Timbaland. Timbaland is Swiss. Yeah. Lunas was kicked it off, and then like a lot of these other artists or um, creators got involved, and then some people at Spotify got together and just like, why don't we just just make sure that we support the music um, thereafter? So it's not like an official like campaign or anything like that. It just kind of just just came up um, with our editing team to just support on the back end after the whole D Nice situation. Mm-hmm. So D Nice was kind of the honest on honest of uh, starting this whole virtual um, experience. But I will say. Like Tory Lanez radio quarantine quarantine yep. quarantine radio has like God changed my. the game forever. Like yeah. for for his artistry and for his creativity, um, and he's definitely gonna take that, I'm sure, um, and brand it somehow. I shout out. He's already gotten a deal from MTV. Yeah, Word. yeah. You got even a show or something. Shout out to Fadio over there at IG, man. She's doing yes. the Lord's work right now. Really holding it down. <laughs> Fantastic human being, yo. She's she's one of the best, and um, I think we've all benefited from this uh kind of innate behavior that happened as a result of of covid and everyone being quarantined um because all of that stuff happens visually on ig but because the user experience isn't great for people to discuss it it's all ended up on twitter so we all found really weird ways like for ryan it's like creating the playlist for what was played for twitter it's like how do we cultivate an experience around the conversation because everything that happens every single moment there's tweets around we become the second screen for for all of that stuff for everything that happens everywhere else so we're trying to find a way to productize that to make the user experience better that moment that moment surrounding uh baby face and uh oh my god legendary god that was hilarious it was great it's like being at the barbershop since we can't be at one I think there's 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 two things that I want to add on the versus topic that I that I just really really am enjoying. I think one is that we're literally seeing the Silicon Valley mindset in real time because if you remember how the versus battle started, like the audio was really bad, it got it got super buffered, and for the Jill and Erica battle specifically, like that was crazy. Like the the audio was amazing. Yeah. Like you got to hear all the stories. I think no they, they they found ways to extend it beyond just an hour timeline so that people could enjoy the battle without it cutting off. So you're getting to see that. And then I think the other piece of it that I that I'm really enjoying is the fact that you're you're developing a level of appreciation for these artists that a lot of people forgot. And so I think when you saw for specifically for me, like the uh, Ludacris and Nelly one, as well as the Lil Jon and T Pain one. You forget the impact that these artists had mm-hmm. at their significant moment in the culture and in time, and a lot of the younger folks because they did they weren't in college or they weren't just graduating high school when these artists had this music out, 
and it's created an avenue for a lot of these artists to get their flowers while they're still alive. Speak on it, Jeff. Speak you know on I mean? it. Just like it. the last dance. A lot of those youngins, they ain't get a chance to watch Mike. Exactly. Bro. Exactly. And I, I think that's just special, man. Like, I think for me, that's one of the most encouraging things that's coming out of all of this is that we don't have to wait until these artists have passed in order to say like, oh, man, they had all these hit songs and all these records I grew up to. We're living that out in real time right now. And I feel like there's this sort of historical flip that's happening where people are going to stuff that's nostalgic for comfort. And I think that that's awesome. You know what I mean? And we're seeing that in these battles as well. So I I love it, honestly. Jeff, so I'm going to add on that. um, So one, I I do think there's going to be like a rise of virtual experiences, um, where it be uh, be these versus battles or where it be things like Travis Scott performing in in Fortnite. Fortnite, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was dope. Yeah, so there's there's an aspect of I think that that is that even when COVID's over, that that's gonna that's gonna stay and that's gonna be huge. Um, I do find it interesting that this is the only time that I can really think about in, in recent history where I think our ideas and wants have exceeded the technology that we have. Um, yeah, because typically you have a TV that can do so much more than your actual cable can get to it, and you're fine. Um, but you have, like, so much more capacity TV can do or so much more capacity your phone can do that you're not utilizing. But now we're like, why can't IG Live have three or four people in it? Um, mm-hmm. you know, like they're, they're, <laughs> and they'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure we'll, it out. That's what's we'll, crazy. We'll catch up with it, but the 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 um the technology hasn't necessarily caught up with, with right. where our ideas are, and it's usually the other way around. That that's, that's been – very interesting to me, and somebody's going to capitalize on that. Uh, I also want to point out, I, I sent you guys an article, I don't know if you guys read it, but it talked about how, you know, black Twitter and just black people and minorities on the platforms have been the ones to push that limit, have been the ones to to develop different use cases, new use cases that companies hadn't ever thought about before, you know, before we thought of it or before we executed on it. Um, and it's just interesting to see at any inflection point that you can think of, if you go back to Silicon Valley and see all the products that that have been rolled out, it ain't get cool until we touched it. Yeah. That's... And 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 for all the other stuff that all the glim and glib just information about, you know, how black people are affected, some of our some of and a lot of our brilliance around how we communicate and how we have fun and how we push fellowship and community has been has been renowned people are just it feels like people outside of the culture are starting to be like oh shit y'all motherfuckers are real smart yeah mm-hmm. that yep. i think that that's a very important thing that i think will continue to carry on to mike's point about to mike and just point about travis scott and Fortnite. that's not a thing that that anybody else would think to do you know what i'm saying like and I love that brilliance. It's, it's, a, it's a renaissance of sorts. So Carving out yeah. a, a new space for ourselves. Which yeah. Is beautiful part. Take, so, take, take solace in that, man. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Totally. I, I did it, and, I, and it didn't hit me until Travis Scott did it, but I did hear, I think, Marshmallow. I did it before. You guys may yeah. remember that now. Yeah. 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 Marshmallow. But not, I don't want I don't want to take away from your points too. I just wanted to throw out the yeah, but, but it, 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 ain't, it ain't hit like this though. That's my it point ain't though. Hit like this. It ain't hit like this. <laughs> That's my point, man. That that part is important. I'm sure tons of DJs DJed live until before D Nice did it. But like, yep. 
it's it just hit different and it and that's that's yeah. just what it is like whenever we touch it fine you could talk about making sneakers but if you didn't put your sneaker behind this black guy your sneaker wouldn't hit like it hit yeah that's not jordan that- and and there's a million different examples of that yeah and i think the other piece to hit on man i remember i was having this conversation with some friends of mine they were like you know what are what are things you're working on during the quarantine or things you got going on? I said, the only thing I'm working on right now is my pivot foot. And I, and I feel like when you think about it that way, you know what I'm saying? Like this whole thing is about adapting and what you're seeing in real time, which I like with the verses, which I like with D nights, which I like with what Travis did with Fortnite is that you're seeing in real time, even when stuff messes up or it's not quite perfect, you're seeing people try new things in real time because the world's just different. So I think, like, you know, like that innovation and that ability for people to be able to just like try new things and see where stuff is going and try it out, you are going to get a lot more of that kind of coming out of this whole thing. Jeff, I want to hit on that because I think that's a really, really good point. Um, Because even with this podcast um, and other podcasts that we've done, we were very hesitant to do anything during COVID. And eventually, when when people hear this podcast, they're going to know where it's going to be obvious that we're disconnected we're not in the same room we're, we're right. talking over you know the internet um and it's not gonna be the same quality of what we provided before but at the same time there's a there's a higher acceptance for giving us something and trying and um people are kind of okay at, at this time for quality not to be to the exact same standard because they understand that we're all trying to figure it out that's yep. super super appreciated um i think in, in general and it should be um, taken advantage of from from people who want to to try out new things they, this is a great time to do it i also believe um to, to the point we talked about earlier with technology our idea of surpassing technology i i bet you this time Damn, solution is figured out yep i bet no i, bet, I just bet you a solution is figured out within the next year um i, I bet you know ig live has more than two people Oh, absolutely. That's yeah, definitely going to happen. <laughs> like, I mean, these... people have already been doing Zooms and broadcasting that because they have a like a producer arm for that that allows people yeah. to, to do it that way. But, I mean, because Facebook is Facebook, IG has the engineering resources to code this up. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised in the next two months that that gets rolled out. I'll, I'll give you a free one that I talked about today with uh, my partner for, for Trainers Vault. Um and I just don't think anybody listens to this podcast is going to execute on it. So that's what I'm going to just let you know. <laughs> but I, I think a, a a huge business opportunity is how do you do fitness classes but integrate the actual music into um, the class and, and have the yep. sound talk within it. Um, have you ever tried Mirror? And that's tried. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I mean live. I mean live classes. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I'm mirror have, yeah, have you ever tried Mirror? It's amazing. But Mirror is also a hardware. It's, uh, it's expensive. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's expensive. But I, it's, I mean something more similar to like a Zoom, like a software that can, the same way you hear D Nice talk within his music, the same way you should be able to have kind of a fitness instructor. Not including know. Peloton. Don't they have live classes? Yeah, but these are all fitness. These are all. You're you're talking about companies who have a hardware associated with it, who have a studio set up. Yeah. I'm talking about how do I have Joe who is at his home and just pulls up his laptop and has his 10 fitness followers um, log on. 
how does he provide the same experience to have music and voice pump in and out of pump into to 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 what he's speaking into and out of their um, computer to feel like they're in actual fitness class instead of him having a speaker in the background or having um, having to buy some type of hardware in order to fix their solution. Like, how do you have a Zoom where Spotify plugs into Zoom and integrates my voice into that music and able to project it out to other people? Does it have to be? Does it have to be that way? Like, does it have to be? Can it be a plug-in like you're DJing and then yeah, like you're doing the mic? Like, can't you do it that way? I've seen, and maybe it changes over time. Where the, where the headset mic, the Janet Jackson velvet rope joint. You can do that, but even if you do it today, if you don't have some type of hardware in order to, and even most DJs don't understand the hardware to integrate your voice and sound and to go into IG Live appropriately. So if you don't have some type of hardware to do it, you can't do it today. But how do you pull up a Zoom-like application, have a Spotify list or an iHeart or whoever list um, kind of pump into that and be able to talk into your, your laptop mic and it all integrate like somebody else is in the actual room in class with you? Yeah, you, that that might be one of those ahead of the time situations. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I appreciate you. Like I, I look, I got a homeboy. His name is Barrington. He has this thing called Be the Better. If you want to check it out, be the better, be the better dot com, where he does his fitness camps virtually. You can, he does he does one on one sessions, all of that. Does it with music. He's usually wearing a headset and he's you know watching form X, Y, and Z. You can see what people are doing. So. And it's it's a hacky way of doing it. I'm sure that there's probably going to be more of those virtual um, situations. I could see like Nike being the first one to come out with something like that, just because they have the resources. Um, and then signing up the people, and then signing up the instructors like they do in Equinox. Yeah, yeah. But it's a software solution I'm talking about. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I, so, I mean, everything is going to be software now at this point. But I, but I will also say, much like we. If you care about it, you'll buy it at this point. Yeah. Much, much like we bought these mics to do this pod, I'll buy a mirror to bust some moves and do some. Mike <laughs> <laughs> just bought some uh, resistance bands. It's the same thing. People will mm-hmm. definitely pay to do that because because they understand the new world we're living in. I think the the other thing that's interesting related to the world of fitness or even these versus battles is like the sense of community that's yeah. being generated virtually as well. You know, because it's like, I think with the fitness classes or when people would go to gyms or they would go to studios or whatever to have these classes, you had the same people who you saw, you know, every week or every two weeks or whatever it was that you built that level of community with. And now that's transitioning into group chats or Zooms or people who are potting over mics that they got on Amazon. Like community is just changing in that way. And I I think that that's interesting to see like, because as humans, like, we all need human connection. So I think it's interesting to see how that's transforming digitally as well. Mm-hmm. You guys there? Yeah. Damn, my bad. I didn't mean to, like, make everyone quiet. <laughs> no, I was like, at first I thought, my, or I, thought I got kicked out of the group. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> Shut it down, shut it down. Um, all right, cool. I was actually trying to sneak out and, and get a bathroom break because I thought Ron was carrying it, but no, no, no. <laughs> no I, thought, I thought I got kicked out. No, I was gonna say um, we talked a lot about like uh, virtual experiences and those things, right? So, like, what about um, have you guys, especially Jeff, like on the agency side, have you seen like 
a reduction in creative production and content production on your end from Man. brands um, knowing that, well, you sound like you said they're slowing down and see some all come, so I'm sure, but um, I'm sure that's changed for a lot of us. Yeah, I'll just quickly get into that. So I think, you know, at the agency, we've seen kind of a split. You know, there are some clients who are very much business as usual, um, and there are some clients who are going dark. But I think when it comes to actual production, like our production department is incredible in terms of finding ways to continue to like make work, even in this sort of situation that we're in. So like, we have DPs all over everywhere shooting photography or shooting stills, um, shooting video content. And there's new innovative ways that people are finding ways to still conduct shoots. So, I mean, we've had, we, we just had a commercial for uh, Jordan that came out, um, kind of that, Fantastic. that last dance. Thank you. Thank you very much. And even with that, like it had been shelved for a while, but we had Khaled redo his VO like from his home. And so there right. were like slight nuances in the VO that we had to address in the final cut. So producers are, they don't get the credit that they deserve. Um, and they're some of the most amazing people in terms of always being problem solvers. And we're seeing that a lot across the board with all our clients, but I'll open the floor for everybody else. But yeah, for us, it's, it, it's been amazing to see. Khaled is kind of cheating though, because he got a studio, so his voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like state of the art, everything. But I mean, the, what you have to do now is like, I mean, what I'm saying too on our end is like just having to leverage a lot of um, stats content that you might have had from previous shoots and all those kind of things. And how do you overlay that with like yeah. new the is, is, animation for sure is like big now. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be turning absolutely. to more animation. Um, I think, yes, were you about to say something? Oh, no, no. No, no but I think like, um, yeah, I've seen a lot of that change. Another thing is... um. Um, we we read, well, I read <laughs> the uh, MarTech article about kind of how digital marketing will change COVID. And one of the other things they brought up was increase in direct one-to-one -one consumer marketing. So obviously, the rise of e-commerce, we kind of touched on a little bit, but I, I don't feel like the marketing is going to like, it's going to have definitely have to have an overhaul, but I don't think people are looking for it to be overkill on the e-commerce front. I don't know if anybody else is experiencing that, but. Yeah, I, I would just add in terms of like the one-to-one -one relationship with the consumer, I feel like that's going to be the wave of the future completely, you know, and even when you think about like the film industry, so every time the film industry, they come out with the seventh sequel of the same movie, they're basically remarketing the movie all over again, right? So like the fact that you saw the, you know, the fifth installment of James Bond and now the 10th one is out, like they have to literally spend millions of dollars to get you right back into the seat to watch that same movie all over again. And Netflix and a lot of these different companies that are getting data on the type of stuff that you like or the type of stuff that you like to watch, they're able to get sort of like long-term customer value from you. So they're able to understand here are the things that you like watching. So I'm going to serve you up a whole bunch of content like that. And when the next version, the next season of, I don't know, Hip Hop Evolution comes out, I know you want to watch it because you already watched the last three. Ooh, my man you know pulling I mean? out NBA, I mean, uh, NBA terms with a customer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! I've read a lot of medium articles. Oh, I already know. Well, it dovetail nicely into that, Jeff, because you set this up really just beautifully. I actually started buying up some of the movie theater stock from AMC and Regal yes. and a lot of those because I think 
the only logical course forward from this is to buy movie theaters yes on the cheap because you have this data so you know what movies to buy and put into your movie theaters and whatnot and because these companies have a pool of of financial capital they'll also be able to curate a movie watching experience that'll be a lot different than what you know we were paying for with our 16 dollars um, to go and watch movies. So I think that when you think about the consumer data that you speak about for Netflix, for sure, but but your Amazons also yes. that have a lot of cash to burn, your Apples that are starting to get into the game, yep. you start to see how this is going to start to change uh, post this. So hold on. So, Stu, I just want you to build on it because I'm actually interested in somebody who's been thinking about what are the movie theaters going to be. You say you're saying that they're going to change the experience to be more immersive, to now be like better for social distancing. Like, what do you mean when you exactly when you say they're going to change the experience? In the, in the short term, you know, I would say I would guess anywhere from eight to eight to ten months, it'll probably be more focused on the on the social distancing. I don't know shit, so clearly I'm just blowing smoke in terms of that, but. But when it when it comes to when it comes to the fact that a lot of these companies spend a lot of money on real estate, they're in they're usually large companies. So you think about those businesses, you have to figure out you have to figure how much are you receiving per square foot that you're paying on rent. And that's really most of those concessions are nice. That's cute. People still sneak things in. So you know, if I, if I was owning it, I wouldn't count too much on on the bar. <laughs> but when you think about when you but when you think about how much space those places occupy, you know, you know, Amazon is totally down to procure those places because they deal in square footage. Like yep. their warehouses and how much they make off of us ordering what we order is what pays or justifies them buying large buildings. So now that they're in the content game and they can tell, oh, you like Sneaky Pete or you like Mrs. Maisel. Yep. They can figure out how to curate the content or procure the people necessary to make the content they need and have it go straight to movie theater because people still like that nostalgic feeling of going to movie theater. So I think that there is a correlation there that we'll see to see those parallel lines that we used to see as parallel will start to converge soon. And, and even now, now we're seeing uh, Netflix is releasing data on every time they, they release a movie and it does really well, they start releasing that data and showing you know, 20 million people showed up to, to see um, Extraction, which is one of the movies they released during the quarantine. So they're definitely getting smart about, you know, the, the movie business and, and obviously doing it more effectively. That was a good one, actually, Extraction. Mm-hmm. But then you think, about becoming, you think about becoming, what group of people would, if that was a movie in the movie theaters right now, would you not go and see that? It's Michelle Obama. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I do think it's going to be a shift. Um, I think there's going to be a new loser somewhere, and my my AMC. Well, no, I think the default mark. I think the default loser is going to be. I think it's going to be the talent. That, that's my guess, and I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it will and, and the reason I say because right now everybody's kind of losing. Like Netflix is losing because they're essentially giving away content for free. They're growing, right. growing, growing in equity, but but they're not actually profitable. Um, so they're giving away content for free. Uh, movie theaters are are, are suffering because. Like you said, people are just sneaking in, sneaking in. The only money they make are off concessions. They, right. if, 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 if I'm not mistaken, they don't make any or virtually any 
money off of the actual movie ticket sales that goes to the actual production or Which theater. Which why you see so many of those, like, they, you know, they sell drinks, so they serve you food while you're watching mm-hmm. it. The yeah. margins are better on that than your regular snacks. But that, that has to shift, and then celebrity power isn't the same as it was when we grew up. When we grew up, there were a handful of celebrities that we all looked up to, and now social media has made, you know, thousands of celebrities. I, my celebrities may be different than your celebrities. And saturated, but it's also accessible, which which doesn't make them special. But like one it, one one super important point on this is that there is a recent law that has been passed that these companies like Amazon or Netflix they can literally own their own movie theaters. Yep. So like for the first time ever, that was never a thing. It was like, only separate. They can churches. own their own movie theaters. So what you got to understand is that the Scorsese's, the Tarantinos of the world, like. Even when they're making stuff, just like Scorsese just did with Irishman, they want to see that on the big screen. So they mm-hmm. have limited runnings. What they can do is advance that even further to say, look, like whenever I make this, even though it's going to be on Netflix, I want it in the Netflix movie theater for like six months before it goes to streaming. So like that whole game is going to completely change like even how people are moving off their couches and where they're going physically to experience exclusive stuff. So, like, that whole game and, like, the film industry is going to be completely reborn out of this. Like, the whole model is going to be different. And it's an old-school model. It really isn't yeah. that different, right? HBO came to critical acclaim because they were the first to get the movies that came from the movie theater to your house. That's why people paid for HBO. That's why it's called home box office. Right. This is the same model. It's just blended. <laughs> so HBO owns the theater, and they also – Produce the content. Yep. Yep. Dope. All right. Um, Ryan, anything else you want to get into before we wrap it up? No, I think that I think that covers it for mine. Unless anybody else had anything on uh, marketing during COVID, um, I think that covers it. Shit's changing, man. It's Keep changing, man. Strong. Keep that pivot foot strong. <laughs> uh, we're all gonna make it out of this. I promise. Keep that pivot. I think it's strong. Keep that pivot foot, yeah. Strong. S-T-R-O-N-G. <laughs> yeah. Keep that pivot foot strong. Leave, every, uh, leave all our listeners with that, all like 50 of them, but. <laughs> <laughs> we love we love that. We love the 50, though. We love um, All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Marketing Misfits, we say episode 28. Is that right? Yep. All yeah. right. Marketing Misfits, episode 28, talking about the marketing changes within COVID. Um, I am Mike Summers. Dave Smith. Jeff McHenry. Ryan Chappelle. Duke and yes. And yes. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, we'll catch you next time.